As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. I hope all is well on your side of the world and the week has been good to you. All is well over here. It is uh, spring break season, especially here in the state of Florida. So many people are starting to come down for spring break, starting right now through Easter weekend. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll be getting ready myself to go on my own trip for spring break. This will be the first time I'm going on a relaxing trip to just unwind and not have anything to do. No deadlines to meet or thinking of the next thing to do and having the to-do list done. Don't have to worry about that at all. Uh, there's, no Im- there's no update on the impact window situation we discussed last week, but we're recording a few episodes ahead, so my faith is still strong that it'll be done. I want to share this with you. Last week, I noticed that um, my shower faucet kept dripping water even though I shut the faucet off. I know that's probably happened to many homeowners. <laughs> I wasn't too worried about it. But I certainly kept my eyes on the situation. I think that's what I get from my mom. My mom was a hawk on everything that was going on in the house. Because she's like, no, no, you got to keep your eyes on the situation before it gets bad. So to try to jump on top of it. But um, so I kept my eyes on it. And the next day, after I took a shower and shut off the faucet, I noticed the water just kept free flowing as if I had not shut anything off. Of course, I knew I had a problem on my hands. (laughs) And I went to shut off the main water valve. I called my reliable handyman, really good dude, and I spoke to him, and I guessed and I guessed I was at minimum going to need a new washer or a valve in the shower, and I asked him when he could come out, and the earliest he said he could come out was on, was this, was uh, last Tuesday, and even though, and even then he said Tuesday was with the asterisks because he was working on other jobs the entire day, things of that nature, I totally got that. I figured I would get through it for a few days, taking showers and running back and forth to cutting on and off the main water valve, in addition to daily shaving and using the toilet. You know, it's really funny how we miss the conveniences of simply turning on the water in our homes until that convenience is taken away from us, even though temporarily. Now, when Tuesday came around, I confirmed with my handyman and he indicated that he would not be able to come on Tuesday, but he could certainly come for sure that Friday. My immediate reaction was, what, Friday? I have to spend more days running back and forth to the main water valve? Oh, this is just not going to be good. You know, but before I responded to him, like we talked about last week, I took a breath of patience. And I told him I understood his time commitments, but if there was any way possible he could make it before Friday, I would truly be appreciative. But I understood if he couldn't. 
at the end of the day, I thought to myself, what a blessing it is that I have a roof over my head and even more of a blessing that I have the means to rectify this issue rather quickly. About an hour had passed and all of a sudden I, my handyman texted me and said if he could come and he said if I could quickly be home at three o'clock that day on Tuesday, he would come over and get the work done. I had finished teaching for the day, my office hours were done, and I told him absolutely yes, that would be great. I got home, he showed up on time, and the work was completed. What was an initial disappointment turned out to work out really, really well. Even before my fortunes were reversed and he came through, I was prepared to handle the disappointment and march towards Friday. But in this case, thank goodness it worked out earlier. Now, in this reentry journey, in this life, we all have to handle various forms of disappointment, big, small, and all points in between. My first thoughts of my reentry journey when, were when I was incarcerated in the first few months, and I, and I became eligible for work release. In the prison environment, there's always a lot of uh, there, there's always a lot of talk and not a lot of optimism about getting work release or getting paroled. There's always the talk of having you serve your sentence all the way to your conditional release date, which in New York is about 85% of your time. Or even, you know, going to the board and not getting, not getting parole, getting hit at the board and having you serve your maximum time. This year, in this year that we're talking about, it was the year 2000. And the prospect of being incarcerated until 2005 seemed like a lifetime for me. But, you know, I mean, I was missing my family, all that other stuff. I, you know, I was just you know, upset that, that, that this is the situation I was in. But despite the negative talk, I mean, I was still going to proceed with applying for work release, you know, the very first time in which I was eligible. Because you know what? If I didn't go for it, the answer would definitely be no. And I would be telling myself no because I didn't apply. So I applied. I had to interview with the work release board for the facility. And then I just had to wait for an answer from the State Department of Corrections. I received this answer from the State Department of Corrections, and the answer was no. I was crushed. I literally wanted to go home, be around my family. You know, the kids were really small at that time. This is just not the environment I want to be in any longer. Now, I was away for only three months, and I know people who had and have done tremendous amounts of time, much more than I did or had done at that point, would say, hey, listen, you know, that's just three months, but I get it. But, you know, you know, three months, you know, one day incarcerated feels like a lifetime. But I know people who have done much more time. So I, I try to get I try to take it, you know, give it give it perspective. It gave me perspective and something sparked in me that my faith was going to continue to carry me through, carry me through whatever it is that I had to do. I had the ability to apply for work release again in another three months. And I kept the faith, and I did apply in the next three months. And then I was granted work release. I was able to withstand the disappointment through my faith, and of course, plenty of encouragement from my mother. Funny enough, right before I had applied for work release and was going to see the work release board facility again, I saw my mom, and I saw my Uncle Vivish, and they both came to visit me. And my Uncle Vivish was not always an emotional dude. And he... When he saw me, he gave me a hug like he had never given me a hug before. I spoke to him, and it just was it just was so hard for me. I remember writing a letter to my mom saying, please, you know, don't bring Uncle Vivish back because it's hard for me to, to see him like that, to see him 
reaches emotional apex. It's not something I was used to seeing. But thank, but my mother said, no, he was going to come up and see you no matter what. But thank God he didn't have to do that. The next time he saw me, I was home because I had gotten that work release. As I might have described in earlier episodes, you know, and another story. So let's pivot to another story. And as might I have described in earlier episodes, I was trying to change positions, professional positions in the spring of 2020. And I had become a finalist for a full-time faculty professor position teaching business. And I already was supporting business, working for the bachelor's program. But you, so I figured I had a good shot. But if you've ever interviewed for a college professor position, you would know it is a it is a bit of a grueling process. One has to go through the initial video interview. And nowadays, there is no video interview in which you interact with anyone. You're interviewing into a one-way video program. The questions flash on the screen, and you have a time limit in which to answer those questions. It's tough at that stage as you don't have a really a read on how well you're doing. And a lot of times, one could be their own worst critic, and there's always the thoughts as to what you could have done over or even done better. Once you pass that stage, you then interview with the search committee, which includes the completion of a complete teaching demonstration. If you pass that stage, you must interview with the hiring manager, who's the associate dean, and then the dean of the pathway or the department. And going through all of these stages in spring 2020 and being a finalist and going through all that, ended up not getting the job. Of course, I was naturally crushed. I was also disappointed and quite angry as I felt the urgency to want to leave my current department at that time to do something different. I thought to myself, you know, after getting an, over the initial shock and disappointment at that time, I thought to myself, you know, I got to be grateful that I had a job. And most, important, and most importantly, I had my health. Because at the onset of the pandemic, there were folks who didn't have either. There was folks who didn't even have their life. So I had a lot to be thankful for. But ultimately, as you know, I took classes in the speech communication discipline that fall. After I took that for a year um, to be credentialed in speech. And then I went through the same process again. And two years later and all over again. And this time I got the job. And I became a full-time professor, as you know. Another story I want to share with you is uh, this past week, the disappointment I most recently felt was in, was in one of the public speaking classes that I teach. Now, this class is a short-term class, which means it's an accelerated class, that, which means it's eight weeks long instead of the traditional 16 weeks long. Certainly, it requires a lot of effort and discipline from the students, and I continue to encourage them in getting the work done from the very beginning specifically the speeches in which they must perform and, and, of course, the work they must do. When we met for class the week before last to complete, like, their informative and, and getting setting the stage for their persuasive speeches, only 9 out of 22 students came to class. And of those 9 students, only 3 students were prepared to complete the work. I was really proud of those who did the work, but I was thoroughly disappointed in the majority of students who did not come to class and did not perform the speech. After class that day, I sent numerous emails, class announcements, and even filmed an instructional video to walk them through the work that needed to be completed. And even in that video, I had a pep talk to encourage the students to finish what they started and how proud they would be upon completing that task. So at the next class, I'm thinking they would be, they, 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 everything would work out great. But there were more students who showed up, which was a good thing. But the number of students who were but the number of students who were not prepared 
it was still a majority of them. There was a small percentage who did great work, who were prepared to do their work, but like I said, the vast majority did nothing. Some of them didn't even, they just, they just did nothing. Or they might have done a half-baked effort to make me think that the work product they were producing was well thought out, rehearsed, prepared, and executed. But you could tell when someone is doing half of an effort. The disappointment was not only in the students, but I thought to myself, you know, and a lot of teachers, a lot of good teachers, I think, would think that to themselves too. What's going on with me? How come I'm not, how come I am not getting through to them? How come they're just not doing the work? I was talking through this disappointment with one of my colleagues and shared with them the student success. The student success is so important to me as I'm, as I'm aware that education is a valuable passport. That's what my parents instilled in me. They say that, you know, we don't have much to give you, but we give you opportunity. You have an education that you could take advantage of that we did not have this advantage growing up in Haiti. But having that education really has afforded tremendous opportunities and choices for me in my life, and especially in the, in the, in the, in the face of challenges of being a returning citizen, education has really been that passport, that key to get from one place to another. So I was frustrated with the students and was wondering why could they not take advantage of this opportunity in front of them? What are they not doing? Their final oral and oral project and presentation is next week when we return from spring break. And I'm hoping that they do well. I'm really hoping they do well. You know, I've given them the tools and I want them to succeed. So we shall see. I'll try not to be too hard on myself and I don't want to be too hard on them. I want to encourage them to do well. So whether it's going for a job hoping to obtain work release, teaching students, or really any other endeavor. We eventually have to prepare that there's the distinct possibility that the optimal outcome will not take place, and we will be disappointed. But research tells us there's five ways, five ways to bounce back from a disappointment, and they're as follows. Number one, be kind to yourself. It is certainly important to address your disappointments. I get that. But first, it's most important to take care of yourself in mind and body. A lot of times we overthink what's going on and we, look, and, we, and we internalize the disappointment as our fault. But whether it is or not, be kind to yourself because, because you, ha- you should, just should be because at some point you have to move on and you got to be kind, with, kind to yourself. Surround yourself with good people, good people who will support you through the process and, feel, and feeling a certain way. Talk to colleagues, get their, get their feedback it really will help and maybe helps you think things through in a different way. Get your feel good flowing. You know, my go-to is to go to the beach. I'll go to the beach if I'm not feeling good to really get me in a mood and to really help me get perspective. And while I'm doing that, I go to number four and I take this as a learning experience. There's a learning experience because what I, what I done well in this situation, I'll continue to do it again and do it better. What I haven't done well, I'll learn from it and and switch it around, change the game and do better. And then number five, get back in the game. A mentor once told me, you never wonder how many, you never think about how many times you get knocked down. (laughs) Somebody's walking by my door. You never, you never think about, so number five, get back in the game. You never think about how many times you get knocked down. Always think about how many times you get back up. Getting back up, getting back in the game is the key. Because as long as you're in the game, you always have the opportunity for success. The reentry journey, no matter 
what the stage of the reentry journey, whether it's the beginning of your entry journey, you're advancing through your reentry journey, or the sustainable long-term part of your reentry journey will come with so many victories and accomplishments. However, along the way of embracing the good times, there will be plenty of disappointments along the way because you appreciate the good times because you know there's going to be disappointments along the way. If you're listening to this, you've experienced those disappointments. I've certainly experienced those disappointments that I mentioned to you in addition to others. And in the moment, it's absolutely frustrating. I mean, at the end of the day, the bottom line, if when you're disappointed, it just sucks. However, I've been a witness and I've seen along this journey that if you follow these five steps, you walk in faith, you'll be equipped to handle this. You'll be equipped to handle the disappointment. You'll absorb the disappointment. And then and then the switch will turn on where you'll survive and even thrive to the next stage and the next level. That's guaranteed. I've seen it happen. Before I sign off for this week, I want to make sure I say hello again to my people in Ghana and Singapore who are listening to Second Chance Coaching. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of the Second Chance family. Continue listening, and we love being on this journey with you. Thank you, everyone, as always, for sharing your time with me. It is always welcomed and appreciated, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.